Morning and welcome to this special episode of Nucleus Investment Insights. This morning we're going to take another look at the events in the US banking system, uh, especially since our episode on Friday. We'll look at what's happened since um, and what we're thinking about markets now that these have unfolded. I'm Shelley George, Chief Operating Officer at Nucleus Wealth, and I'm coming to you today from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Inora uh, Nation. And I'd like to welcome Nucleus Wealth's Chief Investment Officer, Damien Klassen, who's going to help us unpick what's been happening. Welcome, Damien. Hi, Shelley. So before we get started, I just want to make sure that all our listeners know that Nucleus Wealth is an active and passive investment management company that produces these webinars and podcasts for people to understand how we're positioning our active investment options. Uh, now that I've got that out of the way, Damien, let's get into it. So uh, we had a pretty eventful weekend and first trading day of the week. Do you want to recap uh, what's happened since our show on Friday? Yeah, sure. So I think the, the biggest um, uh, thing to focus on, so we, we sp- uh, spent Friday talking about the vulnerabilities in terms of the US banking sector and what the issues were. Now, um, basically from from, from our show, uh, what effectively happened really with with um, Silicon Valley Bank is that they you had basically a, a, a bank run. So they had a lot of uh, depositors who were all uh, tech firms. The tech firms, uh, I think they had something like 40-something billion dollars tried to be uh, withdrawn, and the tech firms were effectively tweeting and saying, hey, I'm getting my money out of out of SVV Bank. And so other, other, t- uh, other ones were saying the same thing. Um, and uh, then the... Sorry, that's had a child walk past me in the, the background. The um, uh, so so yes, yeah, so 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 that's happened. Uh, and, and then we had to have the FDIC had to step in, um, uh, to uh, to make sure that, that uh, well, actually step in and sort of and guarantee the assets for for depositors. Now, one of the key things, though, uh, I guess different this time around to, to what we saw in the financial crisis was they didn't guarantee the the um, uh, the the bank uh, loans. And so, you know, if you think about a bank, effectively, you've got all these a whole bunch of different tiers. So it starts from uh, your, your equity holders, and then there's like various forms of sort of intermediate types of debt. Um, oh, sorry, then equity holders, yeah, various types of intermediate types of equity, and then you've got your debt holders, and then finally you have your uh, depositors on on the end. And so um, the issue with the depositors is um, that. Uh, they're the ones that sort of make sense to, to to give their money back. They've put their money in. They, they, they haven't put their money into the bank looking to make a return on 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 the bank itself and and, and the risks within the bank. They've they've you know well not as much as others I guess and and so um, you know there is some uh, I guess moral reason to, to to sort of give the depositors their, their money back. There's probably a bigger moral reason though um, is that. Uh, the concern is this was going to spread for for all the reasons we spoke about, and um, you know, and and the issues within that whole sort of regional banking sector is Could we that. Just pause there, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. You can make the issue about the banking sector, but I really want to talk about this run on banks because it's actually quite significant, especially mm-hmm. how um, regulators have changed their view on it over the last twenty or so years. So, sorry, over mm-hmm. to you on that point on regional banks. Well, but, yeah, so, well, let's talk about runs on banks because um, I mean, any that's bank- what we have, right? That's what yeah. has happened. We've got exactly. a run on um, Silicon Valley Bank and um, the thing about runs on banks is that they have a flow and effect, right? When yes. one goes, then it's a domino. 
Yeah, and it can happen to any bank. So um, every, every bank out there effectively is borrowing on a short-term basis and lending on a long-term basis. And that's that's the nature of what banking is and, and why it's vulnerable to, to runs on banks. And that's why we created you know, central banks to, to be able to step in. And, and when these things happen, when, when the banks effectively, um, you know, usually what the thing is is uh, if taken deposit from you, Shelley, um, and then I've taken out a mortgage and so when you want your money back, the bank's got to go, well, just a minute, I gave the money to Damien and Damien's, you know, Damien's got a mortgage and I, and I can't get it back from him because he's, he's on like a 20-year deal. And so, um, and so that's what they, they brought in to, to, to do. Now, the issue with Silicon Valley Bank is um, they were particularly uh, exposed in terms of having a huge, a high number of deposits that were very, uh, very concentrated, so they didn't have a whole bunch of small depositors. They had a whole bunch of quite, quite concentrated large uh, borrowers. Uh, sorry, depositors, and, and quite possibly there was, you know, a certain amount of, you know, that they'd been out chasing those depositors, and and you know, uh, possibly they were paying higher rates than what that what they, uh, uh, what you might have seen elsewhere. So. So the, the depositors weren't as valuable. Like, like it, it's valuable to have, um, you know, millions of very small depositors who each one of them need to make a decision to take their money out. And to be honest, most of them don't really care that much or follow the news. And so if something happens, it's not like they're all likely to do it on on mass. Whereas if you've got a small amount, you know, you've, you've got 100 people with billions of dollars each or hundreds of millions of dollars each, and they're all live on Twitter, tweet, tweeting to each other, hey, I just put all my money out of Silicon Valley Bank and, and the next one's going to, you know, well, apparently it was it was even like greater than that. I was reading that they'd all been on a, a ski trip with the Silicon Valley, like all the uh, CFOs of the their major depositors had been on a ski trip one or two weeks beforehand, and so they were all like had each other's SMS numbers and were texting each other. Oh, are you going to stay? Are you going to leave? And and yeah. Um, so yeah, it, and, and created that panic. So so I mean, the question is, can we see that elsewhere? So um, and, and effectively, what the the uh, the Fed and the the FDIC in the US have done by stepping in and and, and guaranteeing the depositors is um, put a stop to that in terms of the the, the worry about the um, uh, the onflow. Now that doesn't mean there's not other issues though, because but there are. I don't. Other so I, it's interesting to me that they have said they're going to back the deposit, which should in theory stop the panic because what's the real concern of bank runs is it's it's this growing panic that you get behind it that then flows so it's one bank might be of concern and people are going and pulling their money out of that bank therefore that bank folds and then um now it's on to the next people one. in the rest who's, of the economy are going to go and go to biggest... their banks and start pulling yeah. and that's what we saw overnight i didn't see the footage but i heard on the news this morning talking about how that's what they were actually seeing is in the other regional banks, you know, scenes of people, uh, I assume, at the ATMs trying to get their money out because they're concerned. And this is the real issue of a bank run is that it's just this kind of, um, uh, I don't know, this circular feeding frenzy that uh, it's psychological. It just amps up and it has the ability to just floor an economy really, really quickly. Yes, exactly. So, okay, so, so let's say um, at the moment it looks like, you know that the 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 issue of bank runs is is probably off the table. Like there's there and they stepped in to do those. Okay, so so what does that actually mean though? Um, and and actually, sorry, before we get onto that as well, before we get off bank runs, I just <laughs> I just want to pick up the irony that um, you know a lot of the a lot of the banks uh, a lot of the, a lot of these depositors in these banks, this one and and also the uh, the other uh, New York one that went down. A lot of them the crypto funds um, who basically <laughs> raised money and put it in whatever, and it's. 
the, the irony of the crypto people who are basically trying to destroy the financial system or, or you know, disintermediate the financial system needing bailouts to in order to, to keep their money is sort of, it's basically a reminder that the system they're trying to create doesn't have a central bank. And, and so, you know, a lot of the crypto funds are, you know, they're, they're absolutely uh, at risk of, of these exact same runs. So, yes. Um, um, I think the other thing I just wanted to mention on this point of bank runs that we've talked about before is um, your point about how um, central banks, um, I don't know, for me, the last time I can remember bank run was Greece, um, would it be... 2010, 11-ish, I don't know. It was after the GFC when Europe became a problem. Um, oh. And so, yeah, what you said is that it's something that central banks or regulators now know to step really quickly and to avoid and to stop because it's so destabilising to not just to the economy but, to you know, to the population. Yeah, but I think, though, um, it's probably... It's probably safe to say that's not a completely new finding. Like I think there okay. there are, um, you know, that the central banks have been around for a long time, um, and basically were formed to to stop bank bank runs. So right, okay. that part, it, it's the question is always about how much do you, um, the question is always about yeah how how much do you actually support? So do you support the equity holders as well? Do you support the bond holders? And 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 once you start getting into the bond holders, is it the you know the the bottom tier, the next tier, the next tier, the next tier, and so and and there's you know there's talk about bail-ins and all these things like that. So so basically, say about saying can we take various tranches? And so the moral hazard um, for me really came in the financial crisis where it was basically saying to a, a so depositors are one thing, um, but saying to somebody who's actually lent money to a bank saying you know I have given this you know I've taken hundred million dollars and 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 give them them a loan of my money. So it's a different contract. It's not a deposit. It's a loan that I'm giving to this bank because I think this bank is stable. And then the bank blowing up all the money and, and me turning around saying, oh, please, can I have my $100 back because, you know, I, I made a mistake. And that's that's the part where um, the moral hazard for me really came from hmm. because if, if once you start doing that, you're basically, well, there's no, what's the risk of lending? You know, there's no, you know, ah. you can see that. You can see well, that the government people- should be doing it. If that's what they're going to do, then yeah. they shouldn't be public companies. But yeah. um, just I just want to clarify one point. Sorry, um, the you, I think you said that they're only insuring the depositors, so the equity holders and the bond holders are still at risk. Is that right? Because I yes. heard someone this morning saying it's time to buy the regional banks. Right now, okay. So this is the this is the thing for other banks. So so effectively, what you've done is okay. You're not supporting the banks that have just gone down. Okay. Now mm-hmm. now okay, the question is gone. what? Yeah. So that so if you're an equity holder there, now the question is for other banks. Is a question about saying now if, if you're a holder in these ones, you you now you now um, the risk of a bank run is is yeah you know, I don't know a, a massive factor less than what it was three days ago uh-huh. yeah okay and so if you were if this bank traded down twenty percent because there's a sort of maybe this is a maybe this one does have all the vulnerabilities we spoke about on on Thursday um, and maybe this bank could be one of the next ones and it's traded down twenty percent it's like well okay well now there's the the, the risk of a bank run is less. There's 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 probably a pop in in those shares, but the flip side is what and, and this is the part I guess I wanted to to highlight is has has things changed how how's the rest of the world changed for this what's this going to do to the rest of the the, the macro uh, economy and and things like that and that's the key part for investors going forward. 
All right. Because, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, do we have a few questions? We have a few questions. Do you want to add to them before you get into that? Is is there something on the banking run? We can, if there's something on Uh, on the banking runs, then let's talk about that. Otherwise, we've got oil, uh, the Fed, um, and hedging at signature. So, do you want to save them for a bit later? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, um, Let's get into the implications. Yeah, because it's because I think that that, that's probably going to color, um, and possibly answer a few of these questions as well. So, uh, the issue now is, okay, does uh, like we spoke, we've spoken for a while about the Fed being here raising rates until they break something, okay, and and that's and 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 here we go, we've broken something, and and arguably we've already broken a few different things. There was a, there was some hedge funds last year, uh, Arcagos and and some other ones that ran into troubles. There was Credit Suisse had some problems. Uh, we had the whole US, uh, sorry, the whole UK bond market, you know. Um, now this is the next one that's been broken, and 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 so it does. They do look relatively uh, idiosyncratic, like they're special things about this. There, there's certainly weaknesses in the whole sector, but as we spoke about Thursday, you know, these these there are some idiosyncratic things that make made these ones much more vulnerable. Do you think so, they're getting bigger? Um, Credit Suisse is pretty big. Uh, US, oh. US guilt is pretty big. Well, sorry. Well, but, I mean, Credit Suisse was, I thought that was only talk of issues as opposed to like actually yeah, breaking. So, well, that, that, had then, some, that had some loss in the question about how, how widespread was it big enough to, you know. Um, uh, but, but I think there's an issue about saying, uh, um, so, so, so they've all been pretty big, but the question is, you know, uh, have they been, um, are they solvable problems? And and to date, yes, they're solvable problems in that, you know, you have a banking run, you, you step in and do what you usually do for a banking run. Um, so, the, so what was I getting to with this? Was that the, we're talking about, yeah, the effects. Um, okay, so we're about to break, we're talking about breaking things. So if the Fed keeps raising rates, look, uh, they're, they're going to break more things. Um the the job starter was running really hot. The the latest one, you know, a lot of people talking about whether Fed was going to go fifty basis points at the next meeting. Um, this will be the the question now is saying, okay, uh, does the Fed still go fifty basis points with a view that look, we're we're just going to keep raising rates and things might break and we'll fix them when they break and until we really break something and then we go into recession. Um, uh, but because we really want to kill inflation, or does the Fed start to back off? Now, if they go zero, I think. Um, you know, the whole idea that, hey, the Fed's, um, you know, captive to the market and, and they're going to, uh, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna flip and go and, and reverse course early will we'll take hold, tr- whether it's true or not. I think that's a, um, you know, I think if they go 25, they're sort of like somewhere in between. And, um, you know, if they go 50, then the concern is, hey, these guys aren't really, these guys are just going to keep smashing. All right, so this is at the next meeting, which I think is like the 22nd of March. If they go zero, you're saying that they're captive to markets. If they go 25, they're... Well, sorry, I'm not saying they're captive. The the impression's going to be they're captive to markets. And and, and whether that's that's probably treated as a great thing for for equity holders is like, hey, the Fed's going to have our back again. We've got the Fed put still there. It's alive. And and, um, yeah. So, yes. Uh, Yep, so keep going. So the question was... Uh, I've just been asked <laughs> to let you run, so I'll just step back. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no I, I'll step in where I'm where I'm, I'm diverting. Okay, so okay, so we're talking about um, uh, okay, so we, so we want to get to where markets are going to where, where we're looking at markets. So that's so that's that's that broad picture about you know are, are we worried about the Fed smashing down too hard? Are we worried about the Fed taking it too easy? Um, and so that so that's one part. Uh, the next part in terms of banks themselves. 
is that uh, there's going to be, well, my impression is that there's, based on this, we should see a broader spread in terms of in terms of the the um, how much banks lend at versus the the versus um, treasuries or versus government bonds. There's more risk, so so there's recognition that um, and and corporates as well. So that um, the the rate that corporates can lend at over and above what the government can lend at should be a bit higher after this because there's this there's a a reminder that hey banks can go bust <laughs> and a reminder that hey there's these extra risks out there and that and that you know there's things going on in 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 that you just didn't realize that's that's happening um sitting behind that and so there's this extra idea of risk so what does that mean it probably means as as a big picture that rates don't that government rates don't need to go as high so so if you think about it as they're trying to put interest rates up to try and pull um, pull activity uh, back, and both on the consumer basis and also on the uh, on, on the business basis. Now, if official rates are three percent, but um, triple Bs are borrowing at six percent, then you know that's that sort of you know that, that's cert, certain certain type. But if they don't even have to move their rates, if, if ra their rates are still three percent. And um, corporate rates go from six percent to six and a half percent because there's this extra risk in there, or seven percent. Then effectively, you've tightened the market, you've tightened interest rates for for corporates. And so there's an argument that will will government bonds or, or will the Fed rates need to go as high because now I've actually got this extra risk sort of built into. It's like we've, we've had a couple of rate rises already built into it. So that's that's one part of it. Um, in terms of banks, uh, bank funding is going to increase, so that the, the cost for banks to actually borrow, um, you know, there's this extra risk, and, and people have remembered, you know, that hey, that's right, banks can go bust, you know, and so um, if you are if you are somebody lending to a bank or investing in a bank, you are going to demand a higher return than what you did, um, you know, this time last week. So what does that mean for banks? Well, it means banks are going to have to put up their rates in further to make a uh, they make a spread on, on the difference. So it's the same argument that look, you know, the actual rate felt by people out there is going to be higher. Um, it also means that uh, you know, in terms of bank profitability is probably going to be lower uh, than, than what we would have otherwise seen. And um, yeah, anyway, that's that's sort of where we're uh, you know, that's, I guess that's where we're sitting with the. Um, with the big macro outlook, and and so you know, I guess the argument is rates are lower than you, lower than what you would have other, otherwise thought this time last week. Whatever your whatever your terminal rate was, um, it should be should be that little bit lower. And then the question is, what the real question is, watching and seeing. Okay, what's next? What's what's going to break next? So it's it's. I mean, it might, it might be another regional bank. I guess my 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 guess would be probably won't be. <laughs> um, it's probably going to be somewhere else, uh, and and so and 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 a lot of this is about uncovering um, people that have come out with um, uh, business models designed for a different era, and and SVB, uh, sorry, the Silicon Valley Bank in particular was you know um, an extreme case of of you know very short term and concentrated depositors and very long term loans, and so yeah. And we have had such an extended period of low um, interest rates. You know, uh, one of the comments I heard this morning was that um, SVB was born uh, at the beginning of the the bond boom and, and ended at the end of it. <laughs> was like I don't know when it started, but it was an interesting comment. Yeah, yeah. So I think the thing, um, yeah, yeah. That's 
it, it's a question of um, you know if you've grown up in an era of a particular type of market, then um, it's you know it's hard to imagine something different. And and you know we we're talking about this um, you know the the you know, the dominant factor for the last uh, fifteen years has been buy the dip. Um, if markets go down, you buy it, and if markets and eventually the Fed or someone steps in or whatever goes wrong. Um, you know, governments will throw money at it if it's a pandemic, and and so basically any any sign of weakness, you just buy it, and eventually, you know, it, it comes back, or not even eventually. You know, sometimes you got to wait like a whole month or two before it comes back. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, fifteen years. You know, so so anyone who started, um, you know, in their early twenties is probably in their late thirties now in the markets, yeah. and um, yeah, and that's that's you know, me. I don't know anything other than that. By the dip, and 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 so there's a lot of people who are quite senior at at, at investment companies, and quite senior at um you know at uh, investment banks and and brokers and all these types of things, whose whole perception is you buy the dip, and so um you know may, maybe they'll be right, maybe maybe governments and central banks will step in and save everything that goes, but um you know the risk is something something bigger breaks, and and you know as I said it might be another bank, but my bet is you know it'll be somewhere else that that we see the the, the pressures. Um, I wanted to drill down a little bit on this point of something else breaking because I think you made um, a, a comment a, a little bit before about the Fed um, keep maybe they'll keep going until they really break something. And so uh, we have yeah. two banks that no longer exist. I wanted to know what uh, or that have gone bankrupt. I wanted to know what really breaking something might look like. Well, and and you know, arguably they broke the French. Sorry, the 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 UK. Uh, Bond market as well, which is you know a pretty, well, it's a pretty like big more bond of a market. fracture. <laughs> yeah, healed pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, well, look. So, uh, so, sorry. So, I guess you you're asking what's what's next, and the, and the answer is look, I don't know. Nobody, nobody knows. No, I'm, I'm not asking what's next. I'm asking is you you when you said they might really break something, the impression seemed right. to be that they haven't yet really broken something. So what well, does really breaking something look like if yeah. these don't count? Yeah, sure. Okay, so look, I mean these these ones count insofar as if you didn't if you didn't get if you didn't fix it, yeah, there, there was financial oh, market right. contagion available. So you know if the if the UK long term bond market had gone down um and without them fixing it, that would have you know blasted the whole world with another financial crisis. If this turned into an a banking run across the entire um, U.S. region, small banks. Then yes, there's another financial crisis on its way. So, that, so those 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 are a factor. I think the real the real thing is recessionary risks, really. And and I think the the other part is, um, you know, monetary policy takes a long time. So you raise interest rates a year ago. There are effects just flowing through today from that still. And you know, a lot of companies in particular borrow on longer term rates. So the average. Um, uh, you know, loans from them are, are you know three years or, or or often more, and so that as they roll off and, and get onto to much higher rates, that's where we start to see these problems will will arise. And so the problems we're seeing um, now are because of stuff we did, you know, over the last year or and potentially up to a year ago or more. Or more. So, mm. um, you know, the next thing I guess the problem comes the the, the most likely scenario in my view is. Yes, we start to head into recession. The, the Fed starts going, "Hey, this looks a bit concerning. Um, looks like a recession. All these things are pulling back." Oh my God! Yes, it is. It's actually a much bigger downturn than what we thought. Let's reverse, and then they're going, "Okay, great, reverse." Now you got to wait twelve months for that to, to actually flow through. And so that's yeah, that's that's where the danger is. Um, 
and we've spoken about these few different scenarios, maybe sort of forward people to the piece we, we, we most recently wrote just sort of spells out the different scenarios and what the likelihoods are. And, and uh, that's still pretty much, um, um, you know, it hasn't really been changed with SVP. Um, have the probabilities of those scenarios changed? Have you increased uh, the chances of a recession after what's happened in the last five days? Uh, look, I, I guess the probabilities have changed probably a little bit uh, in terms of uh, more likely, you know, I, I guess it's vindication of what we're expecting. Um, you know, there was a possibility uh, that we were we were wrong and, and the soft landing, no landing sort of view that, hey, everything would be fine and, and you know, that we'd, we'd inflation will gently come down and we won't have any job losses and it'll all be fine. Um, you know, maybe that view was right. I mean, sorry. So, so I think that view um, and, and the fact that we're wrong um, uh, is slightly, uh, you know, is slightly less lower, lower, less likely than what it was. Um, having said that, the pricing's flipped a lot more to what we expected. So we've talked a lot about being, you know, longer in terms of bonds. And so that's, that's a trade that's come very good over the last couple of days. Um, and so, uh, you know, in terms of a, you know, has the has the uh, valuation adjusted likelihood changed a lot? Um, well, uh, probably probably not that much. In that in that, you know, the risks that we're wrong have come in a little bit, so that's reduced. But the price has has come a long way in as well. And so net effect is, look, we're still we're still actually relatively comfortable where we are. Um, we'll do a little bit of trading around the margins, but. Um, you know, I think we're sort of treating this as a yeah, that's it's a sign we're we're probably on the right track, and and it's not going to go in, a, it's not going to go in a straight line. You know, there could be we could have some positive news out and a few things, and and markets could go for a bit more of a run, and then the next one will, will take your leg down, and and you know these, these things never move in straight lines. Um, I also wanted to touch on the point that you made before about um, the spreads moving out uh, as a result of, you know, this, uh, I don't know if you'd say the risk has changed, but the perception of the risk has changed. Mm. Um, so, and what that means for, uh, I guess, official interest rate, the official interest rate path, because um, I guess what what really matters to, to the central banks is what... Um, the customers that end up receiving um, because that's that's what's going to affect their, their spending um, and um, the pressures on inflation. So, um, you know, are you thinking that then as a result of, of that, that you might see not as high uh, rate rises? Um, yes. Yeah, terminal rates, terminal rates lower than what, what um, yeah. before. I think you said that, yeah. Okay, yeah. right, got it. Um, should we jump into some of these questions? Yep. All it's right. Good. So uh, I'll start at the top. Thanks, guys, for your questions. Keep them coming. Uh, so any idea where oil prices will go with all of the market volatility? Uh, no. <laughs> it's a short Does answer. it change fundamentals for oil? Um, no, it doesn't change fundamentals for oil. The, the question is, uh, in the end, for oil, uh, the issue is that it doesn't shut down or, or start up quickly. And if we're going into a recession, then uh, demand will fall. So, sorry, supply doesn't change quickly, um, um, but demand um, usually doesn't change quickly, but then every now and again it can. And so if we go into a recession, then demand falls, you know, um, quite dramatically and, and and prices need to fall to, to follow it. But, um, yeah, oil is, oil's, yeah, it's trading on sentiment. Um, I think there's a quote, it's largely around recession risks, which 
uh, you know, recession risks on Friday or, or, or the weekend before the bailout were probably you know, higher than, than than now. So, um, but you know, are they, is a recession risk uh, higher this week than what it was this time last week? Yeah, it probably is. It's probably or sorry in terms of perception at least. The perception that yeah. you know, I think the, the no landing slash soft landing uh, crew have probably lost a few members in terms of um, yeah. Uh, after seeing well, I think it's the second largest bank bank uh, bank um, uh, yeah yeah recapitalization ever. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, was that the SVB one? Yes, but didn't actually go ahead. Right, it failed. Failed, yeah, the second largest sort of ever in terms of the US. So, it's, so it's a, I guess that that in in terms of um, being taken over by the FDIC, that is, I guess what I'm saying is that is a big enough um, you know indication that a soft landing is is less likely than than what people might have thought a week ago. Thanks. All right, um, there's a comment here about um, startups and cash burn that triggered something that I wanted to ask, which was. Um, what about the startup sector and the, and the tech sector? Does does this has it has it changed your view on that at all? I mean, Nasdaq was one of the stronger indices overnight. I think. Yeah. Um, look, I think the fear fear for obviously was that uh, you know have I if you're investing in a, in a in a startup was like okay this I've given them this startup they're burning two hundred million dollars a year they've got a billion dollars got plenty of time you know. They got five years. Yes, they can't really raise money at the moment, but they got a five-year runway. They'll be fine. Whereas, like, oh, just a minute, maybe they've lost half their money <laughs> because they had it all invested with SVB Bank. So, so I think that was more of a risk mitigation around that. Um, I guess the question is, you know, do you want to be owning high-growth stocks if we're going into a recession? You probably don't. Um, they would traditionally they're the ones that are going to suffer uh, more. Uh, and and if you're in a company that needs funding um, and funding in the next sort of year or two in particular, then uh, it's probably going to be harder. You'd want you want your startup to, to to have a few years of a runway before they're going to need to come back to the market, just in case you know markets are are still down. Otherwise, you're getting diluted. Uh, yeah, it's that. Sorry, um, startups don't necessarily always carry five years of cash burn. You know, no. that seems more unusual than usual to me. I think it's more like a six to twenty-four, maybe eighteen months. Something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's. Um, I mean, I guess. I guess. I'm, what a depends on where you are. I guess if you, if you've got a startup and you're sort of in the phase where you're like, yeah, okay, I think. Um, yeah, I think they've got another eighteen months worth of cash burn, and then the cash turns positive, and and they'll be all fine. And you know, maybe there's another leg of growth they need to borrow money for, and and they can and they can delay it a bit. It's not like a life changing event. You know, in eighteen months' time, if we don't have the cash, we're going under. They're the ones which you got to be concerned about at the moment. Whereas if it's like, okay, they can just pull back on their spending plans or do whatever and and last for two or three years, you're like, okay, let's, you know, I'd prefer to be in those ones um, than, than the people who absolutely positively need cash. And so, um, yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, so, a uh, question about. Um, the hedging and the derivative positions of these banks that have gone under. Um, I haven't read much about it, but um, the question is particularly uh, is in respect to Signature. Uh, do we have concerns there? Oh, look, uh, people are going to make mistakes, absolutely. I mean, it's concerns over other banks. Uh, there will be other banks who have stuffed up their hedging, absolutely. Um, this is a, And I guess the question is, uh, I guess the issue is, 
in, in ordinary times, you stuff up your hedging, you know, you lose a few percent here or there. Um, when rates have moved so quickly and you've stuffed your hedging up or you forgot to do your hedging or you decided that it wasn't worth doing, putting on or whatever the case is, um, and it can, be a, it can be a company changing event in terms of, okay, you know, do, does the company survive or not? And so, um, so, so I guess uh, that's the, I mean, that's the danger that's sort of lurking now within our financial system, or not even now, you know, we've known that for the last 18 months is that when you raise rates really quickly uh, and at fastest rate ever, people who haven't been doing, um, you know, the hedging the right way or haven't been, you know, uh, arguably that was a lot of what uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank as well, if they had to hedge their rates, even just taken away some of the tail risk, they, they wouldn't have been in this problem. Uh, and so that's yeah. Uh, am, am I concerned that's the next that something will break? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a there's a there's a pretty good chance that um, the next things that the next thing that breaks will be something. Yeah, next big thing that breaks will be someone who's got their hedging wrong or put it in the wrong direction or made a bet that um, yeah that didn't come off. And from a counterparty perspective, because um, that was obviously very problematic in the GFC. Um, yeah. They have certainly evolved away from, uh, my understanding is, to uh, as much as they can, uh, you know, mark to marketing and that sort of thing on these things. Yeah, look, my bet on the counterparty side is that um, that won't be the issue. Like, um, I, I could be wrong on this, so so you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this is 100, but usually uh, what we got wrong last time is not what we'll get wrong this time. And so I think uh, certainly in terms of Lehman Brothers, uh, the well, you know, everyone's got their own sort of post mortem. But but I think uh, you know some some say they should never let the thing go down at all, and and and, and the, but I think that it's I think there's a there's a relatively broad consensus that um, it should have been managed. They might have, maybe putting it down was the right thing to do, but but in terms of managing the counterparty risk, that was the key thing that that they need to make sure um, next time around is is not allowed to get to to push so far that it starts to threaten the the system. And so my my bet is that uh, regulators are, are hyper vigilant on the whole counterparty, and that. Um, whatever solution they come up with in terms of, yes, this, these guys are going to go down, is that it'll be about um, managing that counterparty risk so that that's not the thing that blows up the system. But they can get it wrong. So, All right. We'll see. Uh, next one, uh, really good one, I think. I wanted to make this point earlier. Would the Fed really pivot now and risk more inflation just to prop up banks that took too much risk? So obviously okay. we're talking about, you know, these people in now in management that have never seen anything but that that Fed put, but that was in markets where there was no inflation. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, so there's a, there's a should they and will they and, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things. Now, I don't have any special insights into the Fed, you know, Look, I don't think they will, but it, but I'm not. You know, I wouldn't base my whole investment opinion around the view about whether whether the Fed's going to do something or not do something. Like I said, you know, I'm not going to. I wouldn't be betting everything on yes, the Fed's going to do this or or, or the Fed's not going to do this. So, um, you know, we need to be open to the to the view they could be. You know, they could be anywhere in that spectrum. Uh, but I do think this next meeting is going to be very telling in terms of, um, you know, if if they do. If they yeah if they if they did go say zero if they, they if they just went look things are a bit concerning we're not quite sure what's going on let's just go zero and see what happens I think the market would read that as a as a that the Fed's turned rightly or wrongly the market would read that as a hey the Fed's turned they're gonna you know they're gonna fold the Fed puts there now is that a likely scenario I don't think so I think they probably will keep raising rates 
but um you know the, 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 you know the question about should they i think they've already done enough i think they could you know i think the the we've, we've built in enough interest rate rises and and they're long and variable lags and 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 they're going to do enough but but that's not you know my view on that's doesn't 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 push the fed um and i think yeah watching what the fed does at the next meeting will will be very telling in terms of um you know that idea that as you said you know should they be there to stamp out inflation they're, that what they've been saying all along is they're going to stamp out inflation and if they're true to their word they'll go another 50 because the, the jobs report you know from in, based on what they've said and their criteria probably um uh you know ju is justified for another 50 from 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 their thinking not from my thinking but from their thinking yeah. all right thank you um in your view does this uh pause fed rate hikes and also the rba uh, if so can rates be paused when they're still so high uh well look and, and uh i think the main thing just to remember is that you know it, a uh yeah they can pause but but we're still seeing the effects from all the prior rate rises are, are still hitting us so there's there's yeah don't don't lose track of the fact that it's regardless of what they do at this meeting you know up or down is not really going to make that much of a difference to the overall economy and whether something breaks well you know what what really affected it was the you know the the, the fastest rate of um you know increases ever, we've ever seen over the last uh over the last sort of year and a half thank you um have bonds and stocks now returned to negative correlation uh well they have on a on a three day basis, but I, I wouldn't <laughs> look. I, I I'm I'm expecting that uh, that will be the case. Now, the, the, this is an important point, I guess, in terms of timing, in terms of investment timing. So, uh, so there's there's two ways to look at this. One is that you go, um, okay, the the sequence of events plays out is we start to go into recession, company earnings start to weaken, um, stocks fall. Uh, bond prices rise and 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 yields fall, and you know, in 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 expectation that the Fed's going to start cutting rates, and then the Fed starts cutting rates, and and um and then you flip back the other way. So you basically you're buying bonds now with a view that stocks will fall on on weaker earnings, uh, and bonds will go up, uh, which is sort of effectively what we've seen over the last few days. But that that's that's your that's your investment thesis for the next um, you know six to twelve months, and then at some stage you're then flipping out of bonds back into stocks, you know, as 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 the bond sort of bottoming and, and stocks rising. Now that's that's the ideal scenario for us. <clears throat> there is a risk out there that we get what we saw um, more towards the start of this year, which was that stocks were only rallying, like they were basically moving together, is that you're seeing that um, bonds would go down and stocks would rally and go, oh, bond yields are lower, you know, things, things are better, you know, up, up go stocks. And so the danger is that the bond prices don't really move uh, <clears throat> until stock prices fall a little bit and then, by the time bonds start falling, stocks are already rising, and so you know you've got to you know, flip from from one to the other. You sort of lose the chance, sorry, to flip from one to the other. I don't think that's going to happen, but but it's a it's a, it's probably the biggest uh, risk to our view that we we're sort of thinking about and, and considering in terms of how we uh, you know how we position portfolios. Thank you. Uh, a couple more thoughts on this week's US CPI numbers with a market that is walking on eggshells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's your other color. So look, uh, look, I, look. You know, I, I think there's a. Uh, I think if you had a particularly high um, inflation number, that's going to be uh, that's going to be quite concerning for the markets if they if they feel that the Fed's going to have to going to have to go again. And, and um, 
the flip side is, you know, you know, if, you, if you've got a particularly low read, then then maybe there's some more thoughts that the Fed could pause or at least go a lower number to to um, yeah to, to help take the pressure off the Fed from from feeling like they have to raise rates really quickly. Um, so yeah, look, I I think in the end, for one read as well, <clears throat> we sort of had a um, uh, a read two months ago in the US CPI that was basically saying, yeah, inflation's really coming off. And then last month's was like, hmm, there's a bunch, it's still coming off, but there was a bunch of quite weird measures in there. So I think for me, it's more going to be about the internals and actually looking and saying, okay, if there's still a whole bunch of weird things going on in inflation, okay, maybe it's there for longer. Um, or is that just a one-month blip and we're, we're back to the trend of, of you know, inflation coming off quite quickly? Interesting. We'll be looking out for that then. Um, all right. So uh, we're getting to the end of the show here. Last question. If anyone has any last questions, more last questions they want us to get in, please put them up. Uh, with the EIA crude inventories building for three months, could it be argued a recession is already here? Um, look, I think the, I think the main thing stopping a recession call for for it already being here is is employment. Now, keeping in mind, employment is is usually the most lagging of, of the indicators, so. I think within manufacturing sectors, um, you could argue there's a there's a recession, you know, already here. Uh, the question is, it, you know, is it is it broad enough for the entire economy? Um, you know, I think that that'll, you know, the, the official definition will come down to employment. But I think, you know, it's it's a question about which sectors are the, and and how those how those are all sort of all adding up together to give you the the overall one. But but yeah, we're we're quite negative in terms of the the whole manufacturing sector in particular. We think is in recession. Um, and then the question about is really the services sector that's that's been holding it up. All right. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, Damien, we are live next this Thursday at 12.30, as we always are. Do you want to let people know what to look forward to then? Yeah. So uh, going into uh, looking into the sectors and which are the sectors that you should be owning um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, looking at cycles and, and, and where... Uh, you know, performance and, and how you can get exposure, which sectors are going to give you the best exposure uh, you know, based on your investment view. If you're expecting things are, we spoke about the different, um, you know, the different uh, options we've got, scenarios, yep. So at one end, we're talking about, uh, you know, the no landing view and the, the soft landing. And the other end, you're talking about quite a deep recession is about, okay, which of the sectors and, and where should you be positioning depending upon where your view is within that. And, and with a particular view as well, looking at some of the pricing so that you can say, well, you know, there's there's one thing to say, okay, we're, you know, I, I think we're headed into recession, and and this sector's, you know, going to do going to do the best. But if that sector's already horrendously expensive, then, um, yeah, there's a, there's you need to match that with your views and go, okay, well, I won't, I won't buy as much of that as I thought unless the the, the pricing comes back. All right, great. Look forward to that one uh, with Sam back in the hot seat. Uh, so thanks so much to everyone who's listening live and for your questions. Really appreciate those. Uh, if you'd like to see us live more, give us some comments and likes. Uh, and there's always uh, subscribe so you can find out when we, when we might be going live out of schedule. Um, thank you all and have a great day. Thanks also to Damien for your, your thoughts and your time. Thanks, Shelley. See you in the next one.